Hi. Yeah, so we joined the church not too long ago, and I'm in the um, Northeast community group with my husband. We serve on the prayer team as well, and I'll be reading Psalm 23 in the three languages, a language in Ghana, West Africa. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. All right, family, saints, how are we? Good, good. You are the glorious people of God. Uh, you ever thought about that phrase, people of God? Uh, I don't want to cheat our next sermon series at all uh, because we'll be talking about that some, but dang, uh, you are the people of God. Like, hallelujah. Like, think about the reality of that. You are God's people, the people of God, the people that God sees and beholds and loves, and this is good news. So, yo, I'm excited to celebrate baptisms here in a few, and uh, I want to set up our time with the Word and to be in the Word, to be able to kind of center us even around why we're about to celebrate new life in Christ here today. So, Francisca, thank you so much for bringing the Word to us today. Again, uh, I believe that Genesis 12, chapter or verse 3, uh, where God gives the Abrahamic covenant is what that's called. And at the end of this covenant, he says that the gospel really through Abraham is going to go out and bless all of the nations. And so when I hear the scripture being read in other tribes and tongues and languages, not just in English, then Hebrew, because that's where it started, right? Like the gospel is transforming into other nations. And so I pray that we would even be a church that uh, is a part of that promise of God fulfilled, both internally here as a body and externally as we go to the nations with the gospel. Amen? Um, so, man, I'm excited. Hey, today we're wrapping up Psalm 23 at large, and uh, as we exit this series, I just want to bring us back into the psalm one more time at kind of a granular level, a, a high level, uh, and yet looking at some of the details in the midst of this, and to some extent honoring the Lord for what he's done in and through us during this series. You know, we as a staff team and an elder team and uh, the CG shepherds, the prayer team, the worship team, we, we've all sensed God kind of doing this uh, beautiful thing, this healing work through us in a lot of ways as we have traversed through this series. You know, we've had many uh, different stories of God's movement, of God's healing, of God's power in and through this series. And uh, from just literally experiencing the presence of God for some people, which by the way, that's a miracle. Like we do not deserve to have any sort of intimacy and yet we feel God's presence at times. That in and of itself is a healing miracle or hearing the voice of God or gaining vision from God or sensing God's direction in people's lives in one way or another to literal physical healings that we've seen throughout this series. And the most important sort of healing that we've actually seen is a spiritual healing where people have come to faith in Jesus and where they have begun to follow the Lord as 
as their shepherd because without God's movement in our life, y'all, we are not able to actually pursue or follow Christ because we are dead apart from him. And so if you are a Christian, that is God's greatest miracle on earth that somehow he could take something that was dead and not just bring it to life a little bit, but bring it to life eternal. Like you will dwell forever with the king if you follow him. And so I would really encourage you, y'all, that uh, whether the stories feel big or small in your life, if God has kind of moved a little bit to share them with others, like share them in community groups, share them with your spouse and friends, uh, share them with someone, really testify of God's goodness, like we talked about some last week. Because as you testify of the goodness of God, it reminds you of the goodness of God, and it reminds you of what he's been doing in and throughout your life. And so I also know that for some of us, we haven't fully experienced or even sensed healing in this series at large, and we may find ourselves feeling like we're in the valley. And I want to encourage you to go back to the middle portion of this sermon series and uh, listen, because I think that even in the valley, we can truly trust God. We know that he is working because it is in the valley that God often prepares the greenest grass for us to feast on. And we also know that God will always, for the believer in Jesus, turn gloom into glory He will always uh, move near to us in the valley to draw us out of it one day towards eternal life with him. I also believe even corporately as a church body, he's begun to regather us in a lot of ways and really begun to kickstart us again as a church that we would remember who we are and and whose we are, his, and that we would know the mission of God in front of us. And even in my own life, family, there's been many a times in worship because we're gathered together where I'm just moved to tears, y'all. I ain't gonna cap. Some of it is because the worship team been in their bag recently, y'all. They've been killing it, okay? And so sometimes I think I'm worshiping just because it's good, all right, which is actually an okay thing to do because goodness points to the greater goodness of God and the goodness of where we are going. As long as we don't worship the gift and realize where it came from, good reminds us of something of the future. Good reminds us of where we are going. But I think even more God's been moving, not just because it's been good, but because he's been speaking to us in a lot of ways. I know for me, even in my life, there uh, has been just these moments where God has begun to do this ministering or healing work. And I don't want to dive into the text before drawing us back into healing, y'all. Has God healed you? Has he begun to heal you in this series? Testify of God's goodness to others, whether it seems big or small. For me, it happened about three weeks ago outside of the worship times. That's been dope, and I've been tearing up. And it happened in the middle of the sermon. And literally, I was preaching. I don't really remember what I was saying, to be real with you, because all of a sudden, I feel like God just spoke to me. And it's really distracting when you're hearing something and trying to communicate something at the same time. And so I was like, yo, God, let me preach, yo. I'm trying to preach, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel like what the Lord uh, said to me was, hey, like you're doing a really good job of helping to usher our church body into a season of healing, but what about you? Like, what about you? And it didn't feel like a rebuke. It wasn't like the Lord was like, yo, what about you, playa, right? Like, it was like, hey, good job, son, but now I need to work on you as well. 
And I'm like, dang, God, let me preach. Shoot, I'm trying to like get them, right? And it's hard for me to remember. And then over the course of the last couple of weeks, I feel like God has been revealing to me different things that he's desiring to work in and through me. One of the things that I've felt or sensed most clearly is that uh, the Lord's kind of revealing to me that I have no idea how to receive good gifts from God. I receive critical things really well. Like if you come and you were like, yo, that sermon was kind of whack, I think you should do this. I receive it in a lot of ways. Don't be shaking your head that hard. <laughs> Who be shaking her head like, dang, girl. <laughs> it is true. She's testifying of God's goodness or something, all right? But literally, I, I know how to receive critical things. And maybe that's because people be critical sometimes, but you know what I'm saying? But also, all of a sudden, when there's goodness, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. And there's, it's like my soul doesn't actually receive it. And I feel like what God was showing me was, hey, because you have not been receiving the good things that I've been giving you, then you're actually just giving yourself over and over and over and over and over again and never really refilling yourself. And if you keep doing that, then at the end of your life, you are going to end up empty. You must also receive the good gifts I've given you. And so I feel like God's begun that work that I sincerely think will be a multiple week or month or maybe even year work in some ways. Although I'd be trying to flip the switch on God sometimes. Like, hey, just do it real quick in my heart, right? But I feel like even for me, like God's been moving and trying to heal. So you may have already experienced the victory. You may be in the middle of it. Like I just explained, you may be in the valley. But wherever you are, I truly do believe that God is trying to move us into greater intimacy with himself and trying to move us into experience his goodness to know him, family of God, God knows you and he also wants you to know him. He wants you to know him deeply and personally and intimately. And so as we exit the series, I want to encourage us to don't stop looking for God's healing, y'all. He's still moving and he wants to move in your life. And so with that, shall we conclude our beloved psalm? Yeah, let's go through this one last time together, okay? And with this, we're gonna set up the baptisms that are coming and really hear of God's healing work through our brothers and sisters again. So as we conclude, I really wanna help remind us of the flow of the psalm. And what I want us to notice is actually the progression of this psalm in a lot of ways because at the end, I'm going to make you pray a prayer with me that this would be the progression of your life as well. You cool with me praying that over you? Yeah, you sure look at, the reason we say amen at the end of prayers, y'all, is because what we're proclaiming is, hey, so be it, or let it be. That's what amen means. And so if you don't want me praying this over you, just don't say amen at the end of this, all right? <laughs> like, no, I reject that in Jesus' name. You could do that, all right? But I want to make sure that we know, listen, we're going to walk through the progression of this psalm because at the end, I want to pray this over you. And I would ask that you would receive this as well from God, that we would walk out of here with God's presence with us and even knowing what he wants to do through us and in us. And so if you agree at the end of the sermon, man, say amen and believe that God is going to do that work. So I wanna walk us through this progression. For those of us that are in Christ, notice that there's this closeness to God that David understands. In the first three verses, what David does is he talks about God. And so he says things like, the Lord is my shepherd, or he leads me towards green waters, or he does these things. It's all third person language. And so he's talking about God in a lot of ways. And then David moves into verse four and notes he's making this movement in the midst of the trial because as we said, the green, or the, the green grass often grows in the valley. 
It often grows where there's hard uh, uh, nature in our life and where we have to overcome that by God's power. That's usually where we move into a deeper intimacy with God. Doctors often have to mildly wound before they majorly heal in a lot of ways. And our great physician knows how to take the brokenness that has been caused by sin, sometimes sin in our own lives or sometimes the sin of the broken world around us and turn it into salve and salvation. And so David moves to the second person language in the valley. He begins to say, you, right? Even though I walk through the valley, shall death, I'll it, for you are with me, he says, for your rod and your staff. And he moves into a deeper intimacy with God. So no longer is he talking about God, but now he is talking to God. And there's this closeness with God here that moves past knowledge into presence. And I desire each of that, or each of us to experience that, to not just be talking about God, but to be talking to God. There's an intimacy with God here. However, it doesn't stop there, right? But wait, there's more, okay? (laughs) David moves from talking about God to talking to God to being with God. At the end, in verses 5 and 6, he begins to not just talk to God, but now he begins to realize that he will be with God, that the goodness and mercy of God shall follow him because he's with God and he will be in the house of the Lord forever. And so that forever starts now, by the way. And so we move from a knowledge about God to communion with God to intimacy or nearness or home with God forever. And I think that as we move through different seasons in our life, I want us to be able to make that progression as well as brothers and sisters in Christ. That we would go from knowing about God to being, uh, to, to, to speaking to God directly to even being with God himself. And I believe that that happens in many different areas of our life, right? Like you think about times in the word, let's just say, I think that you make that progression as you grow in your faith. So it's about and then to and then with for the note takers in the room, right? And with the word, I think that when you first start reading the Bible, you're just kind of reading about God. And it's about, and it's kind of, oh man, God's pretty cool. Whoa, look how dope that story is. Yo, I'm really whack like that. Like you just are reading about things, right? And then as you begin to dive deeper into scripture, you begin to realize that God is trying to communicate to you and you begin also communicating to God. And so the Bible moves from this about to this to reality. And then I think as you continue to mature in your faith, you realize you're not just reading about God. You're not just able to use this to talk to God, but God is trying to commune with you even through the word of God. And so in the Bible, you find a withness with Christ. I know withness ain't a word, but we're using it today, all right? I think that happens in a lot of areas of our life. When we're in our prayer lives early on, we're just kind of praying about God, and then we begin praying to God, and then we realize that prayer is actually communion, and we find ourselves with God. That's true in mission, that's true in fellowship, that's true in serving, that's true in all of these areas. Because remember, for David, he realizes that heaven is not a place, but it's a proximity, and he's trying to draw us into that proximity. 
He's trying to draw us with God. It's not about a destination. It's about a divine relationship with God. And so for the saints, as we exit this series, I want us to believe these truths and to really walk in them sincerely that we can know God here, y'all, about God. We can know God here with our hands and that we can know God here in our hearts that there is actual intimacy that can be had with Christ. I want you to know more about God, I really do, but I also want you to know God and to actually know him and to find intimacy with him. And we can indeed, as the saints of God, we can move into greater and greater intimacy because I believe that as we move into intimacy, we'll find healing there not just physically or emotionally or psychologically, all those are are, are true as well, but I believe spiritually we find healing as we find nearness with God. And so I wanna pray that over us, okay? There's a second progression that David does in this psalm that is also true for all of us in the room, but I think that we're each at different parts of this journey. And so for the Christian and for those who do not follow Jesus in here today, there's this progression that David walks us through. You see, the psalm, it kind of begins with how things should be, that God is our shepherd. There's a presence with God. We were created and designed to be with the divine. And so there's this closeness to God. that you find here. It's why, because we were created to find fellowship with God, when we do not have that fellowship, we can't really find the thing that satisfies that longing in our hearts. It's like no matter what we try, we are unable to satisfy this hole that we fill because your longing is not your mere mortality telling you that you need more money or more love to be able to be filled. It is actually your soul that is crying out that you were created for something more and nothing on earth can satisfy that. You were created for God. Your soul is screaming out of the fellowship it longs to have. We're just not used to listening to our souls. And so we try to satisfy with our bodies or with our minds or with our emotions, not realizing that it's actually our souls that are the ones that are hurting. And the only time we can find soul fulfillment is when we find intimacy with Christ. And so David starts with, this is how we were designed for, for fellowship. And yet we end up in the valleys because of our sin. And we end up walking into death, though we were designed for eternal life. And so I think that many of us, we feel like we're stuck in verse 4 in a lot of ways, rather than kind of exiting verse 4 into verse 5, trending towards verse 6. But I want us to realize that what verse 6 is is an even better version than verse 1. Because once again, that progression is doing about God to then with God. And so for all of us who believe in Jesus, we started with this desire. Sin landed us into uh, harm and corruption, but God is trying to bring us into life everlasting. Y'all tracking with me here? Yeah? Life everlasting is what Christ has purchased, and therefore, that's where we're going for everybody who believes. And so, as this psalm is a journey of sorts, I think that we were created for this journey as well. We were created for verses one through three, but sin left us in verse 4a, and at the coming of Jesus, we traversed from verse 4a to verse six forever, is how the psalm ends. We're trending towards forever, y'all. Like, I know I'm being calm right now, but that deserved more than just one, yeah. (laughs) You are trending towards forever. 
That is good news. And so I actually worked really, really hard at providing this really detailed graphic for y'all. And so if you want to do it on the next screen, then that's where that will be. There's the graphic, okay? What y'all laughing at? In seminary, you know, one of my courses was how to use computer stuff really well to give good illustrations. I think I'm killing it, y'all. Right? Go to the next slide, okay? Look, this is what I think we think. And I think in a lot of ways, that's kind of how we feel, right? But in reality, y'all, let's go to the next slide. Maybe you're there. You can't really see it, but that one has a sad face and that one has a smiley face. (laughs) All right? Listen, I really believe that this is the journey of life that we're on. That in a lot of ways, it begins at verse 1, where this was the original creation, the garden, and yet as we exited the garden, we find the fall of humanity, and yet in steps Jesus at the lowest point to begin to draw us out. And if we are believers in Jesus, we are not at that lowest point, y'all. Even though it may feel like we're in a valley, we are trending upwards into the kingdom of God. And so I want to ask, hey, on that line, where are you on your spiritual journey? Where are you at on your spiritual journey? Because even though the pitfalls of life may feel like we're entering back into valleys, I'm telling you that we're not. Even the valleys is God's preparation for eternity, meaning we are always on an upward trajectory if we find our life in Christ. Y'all tracking with me? And so I really wanna ask us then, family of God, hey, if you are a believer in Jesus, do you realize that upward trajectory? Do you realize how God is trying to heal your life that even in the seasons where he allows hardship or pain to enter into your life, it is God's healing presence trying to maybe wound for a minute that he might heal eternally, maybe trying to work in the midst of this cut and disease that he may clean it out and make you a whole person again. He is with you. He is fighting for you. He may even be fighting you that he might deliver you from you. Ooh. Shoot, that's a word for me, right? And so listen, Christians, Christians, if you are in Jesus, your healing has only just begun. And one day you will be everything God has designed you to be. And if you do not know Jesus, family of God, I want you to know, friends, you can enter into the family of God that Jesus came into that valley and experienced true death, that you might never die if you believe in him, but enter into life eternal. One of the most glorious truths that I love in the scriptures is where the Pharisees got really angry at Jesus and tried to kill him. And the reason they tried to kill him is because Jesus made this wild claim. And he said, hey, if people believe in me, if they eat my body and drink my blood, if they follow me, then they will never see death. And the Pharisees were like, who do you think you are that you would say that they would never taste death? He changed the word on them. And Jesus doubled down and was like, yeah, you're right. They won't see death. They won't taste death. They will never die. Listen, y'all, as a pastor, I see death sometimes. And I'm around when people die in in hospital rooms or, or with family members. And I want you to know that every time I've been around a believer's death, they'd never died. I would watch them suffer, and as soon as they gave their life away, you can tell there was this freedom. They went right into eternity. They don't die because Jesus died for us. I've also been around it where people do not know Jesus, and I have seen the sorrow, and I have seen what I believe is death, the thing that none of us were meant to experience. 
And so listen, family, if you do not know Jesus, I want you to know that he came that you might have life everlasting. And if you do know Jesus, then family of God, you will never die. Like, you will never die, right? Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to fear because God is with you, comforting you, guiding you to life everlasting. That is the progression of the psalm. And so as believers in Jesus, I want us to be able to celebrate that reality and to remember the fact that Jesus has delivered us, y'all, and he has delivered us from sin and from Satan and from death itself that we might have life eternal. Hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And so, hey, I want to pray that progression over us, and that's how I want to end this psalm and kind of end this time is just praying that we would find that progression as brothers and sisters in Christ that we might enter from one degree of glory to the next until we see him in eternal glory forever. Amen? Amen. So, hey, let me pray, and then we'll move into our time of baptism soon after this. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I thank you for this reality. God, I thank you that you are moving us from death to life. God, that we can be with you. We can know you. There's intimacy to be had. And so, God, I pray for every, every believer in here. I pray that in every single area of their life, they would go from knowing about you to speaking to you, to being with you. And that that would be true in every area of our lives. In the word, in prayer, in worship, in fellowship, in communion, in mission, in evangelism, in our relationships with the world, in our own suffering, in our healing, in every single area would we move from being about you to speaking to you, to being with you, Jesus. God, I pray even for those in the room who may not know you, I pray that they would not just be hearing a sermon about you right now, but they would realize that this is you trying to speak to them, that they might be with you. And God, I pray that they would choose today to be with you and to make you their shepherd. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We worship you. You are good to us, God. We pray that as we move into a time of celebration to hear that progression in other people's lives that it would actually remind us of our progression. I pray that we would not just be listening to stories of people proclaiming and testifying of the goodness of God, but that literally it would remind us of the goodness of God. That it would remind us that you have delivered us as well. That you have been speaking to us, that you might remind us that we will be with you forever. And I pray that each of these stories remind us of our own story with you even today. Praise in your beautiful name, Jesus. Amen.